Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and we are here today to discuss 2023, kind of just our favorites of the year, how the year went for us, general chit-chat. Here are some friends, and uh, Chubby Poe, you start us off with an introduction. Okay, um, yeah, just uh, Chibi Poe, a lurker and participant on page chewing, and uh, pokes around on Twitter and Goodreads. And glad, yeah, glad you can make it. And uh, Paramita. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Paramita. I read in a variety of genres, and I'm a member of the Page Chewing Forum, and I'm excited to talk about my favorites of 2023. I have a question for you, how you pick your favorites, but we'll get to that in a second because you have a lot to choose from. And uh, Jared. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Jared. I'm run a fantasy thinker YouTube channel, and um, I also uh, participate in the page chewing forums, and uh, I do have a blog that I haven't, I haven't done anything for a while, but hoping to fix that soon. <laughs> awesome. The holidays are such a weird time, right? Because everything kind of yeah. gets, I mean, everything's like upside down. But um, happy new year, everyone. It's uh, 2024. We made it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. How was uh, how was everyone's year in a nutshell? Well, as far as reading goes, it was pretty good. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of cool stuff that, that I read. Um <clears throat> So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure uh, you guys could probably say the same, based upon what I've seen, what you guys have read. So, <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Um, and it's your first year of of BookTube too, right, Jared? First full year. It is. Yep. Yep. First full year. And uh, so that's been it's been a real trip. Uh, I mean, I can honestly say this is probably the most I've ever read in mm -hmm. one year. I wasn't a um, voracious reader. I read a lot of cool stuff, but not quantity. Um, and uh, so, being starting a BookTube channel and 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 also um, uh, being involved with mo other people who are reading a lot uh, inspired and motivated me to read a lot more. Hmm. Has has booked because you you mentioned curate you curate your list pretty carefully what you decide to read. How has BookTube and content creation changed that process for you, if at all? Um, it just what it did was uh, it broadened my horizons as far as what I knew was available because I I never really followed any. I'm not a big social media person, um, and I so I didn't. I wasn't ever signed up for any kind of, you know, like list or whatever that uh, stuff coming out, what have you. Mm -hmm. I would occasionally just go to the bookstore and just pick something, <laughs> uh, you know. And um, and if it was something I liked, I would continue with that author, you know. Uh, whereas BookTube, getting involved in BookTube exposed me to a whole bunch of other authors and a whole bunch of other um notifications of what was available basically mm. uh, so that was um, that you know and it also exposed me to um, you know getting to know certain booktubers because I liked what they were saying and so I was 
starting to trust their opinion when I knew they liked certain things that I do like. So, hmm. and that, so when they had something else that was newer or something like that, then I could say, all right, yeah, I can see why they like that, and that might be something that I like. And um, and I've also gotten a lot more exposure to authors as well, uh, which uh, which you know which made me if I like a certain author's writing then I would watch an interview with them and I, that would make me more interested in their works and stuff like that so it it, it all fed into it, each other you know <laughs> what about you Parmita how's your, your year in general been um, in terms of reading similar to Jared I think I've read more this year than I ever have hmm. uh and I think that was both good, but also I've decided to take a little bit of a step back and enjoy more. So hmm. uh, just recalibrating a bit for 2024. Read lots of new things, uh, which I wouldn't have tried. Uh, realized what I like and perhaps don't like so much a bit more and tried some new formats as well. For example, I got into reading more poetry, which hmm. I usually, I, I still say this, that I'm absolutely hopeless when it comes to uh, deciphering poetry. But it turns out that there are some poets whose works do speak to me more. So that was something I got into. And the other thing it was uh, graphic novels or manga. And uh, in fact, one of my, now it's one of my all-time favorite series, was in manga for is was a manga series that I read it very late in the year in December. So uh, been trying lots of new things, lots of rereads. Some stuff held up, some stuff didn't so much. But uh, mostly it's been a very 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 good year, and it helped me uh, to set some goals for broad goals in terms of what I want to do with my reading for hmm. 2024. Hmm. And so Berserk is been on your favorites list? Yes, that's true. Wow. wow. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> what about you, Chibi? Po, how's your year in a nutshell? Uh, it wasn't bad. I don't know. I think I'm going to try to read more this year, but... Um, this year than I did last. I, I think trying to set a definite goal um, uh, meant I read less because I felt like I was pursuing this goal and then I'm just like, uh, so I don't know. Um, we'll see. Hmm. I'll probably put a number in and then I'll just like start reading by grabbing things off my shelf instead of uh, trying to, you know, meet some arbitrary goal so yeah i tried to set a goal for the year but i enjoyed what i read but yeah i was kind of like man, i didn't feel i felt like i could have read more but didn't so yeah it's uh those goals can sneak up on you right kind of affect you in ways you don't expect sometimes yeah, like I, I, there's one point where I, was, I had the goal and I didn't even set it particularly high, but it's like I 
you know, breezed over to Goodreads and I saw what it said and I was like, oh, okay. And then at some point I was behind, you know, like two or three books behind. And then I started grabbing books, trying to force myself to read them to, you know, catch up to the, you know, or get ahead of it. And yeah, I think that uh, detracted from my enjoyment. Hmm. So. Yeah, those uh, the sneaky goals. Um, so who uh, who wants to go first with their favorites of the year? Not all at once. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, st- well, hold on, Steve. What about your reading year in oh. a nutshell? Oh, good question. I forgot to mention my own. Um, oh, see, he was trying to sneak under the radar. Yeah, I was trying to sneak on by. Um, <laughs> like, this year, I think it's. Um, I think I, I've slowed down a little bit reading, um, taking my time more with, with what I'm reading. And I think I get it's, it's more of a, it's more of a rewarding experience for me when I just slow down and take my time <laughs> and, uh, not worry so much about, cause it's hard to not be excited about stuff we want to read. You know, it's hard to not be excited and want to get to it. We want to get to the next thing, but we also, you know, I also would, kind of forget what i'm reading now and then the book that i'm i was excited to read a few months ago i'm rushing through it now to get to the next thing that i'm excited to read so i tried to stop doing that so much and just take my time really kind of breathe it in and um i, I felt that it's more of a rewarding experience for me when I, I would just slow down as as exciting as it is to start a new series or to read something else um just enjoy what you're currently reading first and then it'll we have plenty of time hopefully plenty of time to get to it but um so this year i'm gonna try any any series my goal for this year is any series that i don't already own book one i won't start a new series because i have too many book ones that i own on my shelf so no more book ones for 2024 i'm just gonna read what i have on hand or what i've already started and i'm not gonna start a new series so i was racing at the end of the year to buy a few more <laughs> so I can I can have them in the in the bullpen <laughs> but uh yeah I'm I'm uh, no new series for me um that's my goal for the year <laughs> that's interesting yeah <laughs> yeah it yeah you have a so do you have a lot of stuff on your shelf on Rick Uh, I think I have, there's a few that I, I have, there's about four or five that I can think of that I have unread that I'm wanting to get to. Like the bone ships is the bone ships by, um, and I have a few others that I've been wanting to get to. I just haven't, or like children of time is another one I get to this year. Um, so I'm hoping to get to those, but I, so I was sure to get those, have them on hand before. The year started, so oh, okay. you know, so I was kind of cheating, but kind of not. So that's my goal for the year. <laughs> all right, then. Then my goal for the year is to dig up all these really good series that aren't recent, <laughs> and you know, just inundate you with you know number ones in the uh, series, and be like, here, <laughs> you know, now you have a gigantic pile. I have no doubts. Yeah, it's gonna be tough because. It's it's hard, you know, to not be excited about things. But if I just read yeah. what I have, I think I'll be plenty busy all year. So, 
It's tough though. There's so many good ones out there. There is. There is a lot of good stuff out there. That's one thing that I noticed, uh, especially joining BookTube, was there's a lot of good stuff out there that uh, that I never heard of or that I just didn't realize was as good as it hmm. as uh, as um, you know glancing on a shelf would <laughs> give the any idea of. Uh, so that was uh, pretty good. You know, I, I it's been revelatory really doing this whole booktube thing over the past year and uh, just seeing how things go because I didn't start with any kind of big plan I just started recording videos and throwing them up there and um, so I was you know, basically still mood reading hmm. when I started you know reading what I wanted and uh, when I saw people having these big to be read li lists and I was like oh I'll try to do that and I'll and I started making lists and stuff like that and then I was like that seems uh, that wasn't for me I, I still wanted to read what I wanted to read you know because um, as soon as I read Curse of the Mist Wraith that was one you know back in March or whatever it mm -hmm. was um, I was like, well, I, I know I want to continue on with that. So, why am I going to make a list of a whole bunch of other stuff I want to read when I want to continue on with that? And uh, it's kind of similar in that vein, you know. Uh, so I have, um, so I've been forcing myself not to have that kind of a must-read list and just read what I want as it comes along, and occasionally join a read-along. Uh, with other stuff, knowing that I only read three, three, maybe four books a month if I'm lucky, and um, knowing that I'm only going to join something that's going to fit into that that regiment rather than stressing myself out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of reading faster, pardon me, the what for people who who read slow slower like me who want to read a little bit faster. Not that I want to, I want to. I, I don't want to like you know fly through books, but just as in terms of efficiency, what advice would you have for someone like me who wants to read a little bit faster, not fast, but just? Do you have any tips for for those those of us like that? Not, uh, not as I guess it depends a bit on the book. There are some hmm. books where the way the author writes. It just flows. So, for those, I would say, I mean, you will just know when you click with the author's writing style that you you move through the pages automatically. And then for the ones which take a bit more effort, uh, you you know where you you have to work a bit to revisit the lines or something like that. So I guess the only thing I can think of is maybe alternate those two if. You know that an author's writing style clicks for you, then make sure you have, let's say you're reading three books at the same time, then you have two which are fast going. Or fast going means you click with the style enough that there's momentum in when you read. And so that the one which takes more time, you have that leisure of 
taking your time with it hmm. other than that i don't really think um i, I mean one thing i would say is that if you know that an author like descriptions are redundant i skim them and they are pretty common in a lot of epic fantasy and epic science fiction so hmm. after some point when i see description unless the descriptions are beautifully written but if they are not beautifully written and you know they are just like hello this is happening or another one which is uh, the author is like i will world build now and i'm like <laughs> yes fine that's that's totally fine that's the author's prerogative but i i i would like to move on so then i i sort of <laughs> go through those sections faster but mainly i think the e- the best thing like especially even if you are not reading multiple books at one time if you are doing one book at a time most of the people i have seen to avoid that sort of getting bogged down feeling is they switch between genres or even if they don't switch between genres they put in a faster paced read or a, just in terms of length psychologically a shorter read with a longer novel Hmm. so that it balances itself out and especially i think with epic fantasy and science fiction the the assumption seems to be <laughs> things like 800 pages is pretty normal <laughs> so if if you alternate it with something like literary fiction where a uh, lot of there are very some chunky literary fiction books but usually on the prize list if they put two books which are longer than 600 pages the people who are doing the reviews will complain They're like ah whereas epic fantasy it's like ah 600 <laughs> pages totally doable let's fit two of those in <laughs> yeah so uh, actually i think like people who read fantasy is very well poised to read the long literary fiction works sure but yeah you can fit in shorter uh, or mysteries science fiction also actually especially the earlier science fiction works they used to have a lot of ideas packed in in very short time i think sword and sorcery novels are also probably on the shorter ursula k le guin is another yeah so maybe fitting in those instead of <clears throat> somebody i know who might be doing second apocalypse wars of light and shadow and malazan at the same <clears throat> who would do such a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't started Malazan yet, so yeah, we, I'm, I'm not I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, that's why I haven't started Second Apocalypse because I'm doing Wars of Light and Shadow, and I'm still rereading Malazan. So and I was like, eh, I don't know if I can do another series like that at the same time. But it's a lot. Uh, some of the ones I have yeah. listed for wanting to start up, um, I'm like, I'm glad these are only like four books. Yeah, admittedly they're large books, but you know, because I've got a whole bunch. Of, I want to reread uh, Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn, Ooh. and Big. then do follow through Last King of Ostenard since he's going to finish it this year, or the last book comes out in November, and um, then I've got like. Uh, he's got like two or three other series that I want to start too, but you know he's always big fond, fond of you know here's four books and then he's done, <laughs> and he moves on to something else. So I'm like, okay, that works. 
so I got a bunch of Tad Williams I don't want to get to, and I want to finish uh, the Dave Abad, and I don't know. Maybe I'll finally try the Abercrombie on my shelf if I don't decide that. I'm like, I don't don't want these. They can go away. Hmm. We'll see. What's kept you from reading uh, Abercrombie so far? Is it just timing or just haven't felt like it? Um, yeah, it's really just it. It's like, it's, um, I think it might've ended up, you know, I heard people talk about it good and I was like, and then it was one of those, you know, cases I was like, oh, hey, I like the covers of these. I'm gonna grab them. Hmm. And then they sat on my <laughs> shelf. It happens. <laughs> well, they, they, they kind of came at the point where, you know, um, I ended up uh, during, you know, stuck inside with COVID, I ended up buying a lot of books. You know, it's like I felt it re- replaced some stuff that I didn't mm-hmm. have, you know, and um, and then just, you know, started looking at new authors. And I was like, okay, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this. And it was especially handy because the local bookstore during COVID you know, she stayed open, but she was basically, you know, either mailing or she would, you know, just drive up and, you know, drop them off, you know, while masked up, you know, so do delivery. So I was like, awesome. Um, and I, you know, I don't know about anyone else, but, you know, for their customers, but I, I was, you know, buying books left and right because I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> and then I had a whole bunch and I didn't, re- and then I didn't read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I will not be doing this year that I did against my better judgment last year is our readathons. I'm done with readathons. It's just not fun. The whole, <laughs> the whole idea is to read as fast as you can, as many books as you can. And I don't know why I agreed to do them. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm done with readathons. Just, they're not fun <laughs> for me. I know yeah. some people like it, but. What was it like a contest? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, was it the not the India Accords? I forget. It was it was one of the. I don't even use Discord, and it was one of the Discords, and I was asked to participate, and uh, so I was able to read enough. I think the team won. Um, I didn't even keep up with. The, I don't use Discord, but yeah, it was. I just it wasn't fun. It just added an extra layer of. Um, it felt like more like a job than for pleasure. So. And. Yeah, like I like read-alongs with other people, but I was always kind of baffled at readathons. Where like, let's read as many things as you can. I'm like, but that's just going to negatively impact all of them because you're just you're just trying to rush through them to get to the next thing. And I'm like, no, 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 don't want to do that. Yeah, I get the idea behind it, like you know, to read more, but when it's a competition then, you know, it's, it's not, it's more about how much you can read and not really, you know, who knows? I don't know, but not my thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> how, how would they know that you didn't just speed read it and just. Yeah, they don't. It's like, all the honor system. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So some people read like 40 books or 50 books in the month or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. I had like four, you know? So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> So who knows? Not, not to imply anyone's lying, just you know, you you never know. So yeah, just curious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. I don't know. You never know who's who's really reading or not. But um. So anyway, onto the, onto the good stuff. Uh, the good pretty, stuff. 
Yeah, the good stuff. Who wants to? Who has a list and who wants to go first? Tell us a little bit about their favorite reads. It can be a reread or a new read or. Uh, well, I did my top five of the year, and um, these were not rereads, not including rereads, but uh, the um, my favorite of last year was The, the Killing God by Stephen Donaldson. Hmm. Um, that was book three in The Great God's War, because uh, I finished up that series back in early February, and um, it stuck with me the whole year. It was my favorite, my favorite read. Uh, he really stuck the landing and um, created a unique fantasy world um, in a trilogy, uh, self-contained. And um, I just thought he had... Uh, uh, Donaldson has always had a penchant for um, you know psychological and philosophical discourse in his writing. Uh, but um, I thought he really focused it in a unique way in these books and hmm. I really like how he does it yeah we did it and I really like how he finished it off it was uh, just a spectacular ending um, hmm. and uh, he, he did do something he normally does in his writing is he gives you this super narrow focus in the first book and um, then in the second book he expands that you know greatly hmm. um, from there but uh which is uh, which is really great because the way he does it um, really uh, surprises you when when everything else is revealed. Um, so I, I love how he uh, how he does that stuff. So that, that really really worked for me. Uh, that was my favorite of the year. Hmm. And then right up right on the heels of that is is Curse of the Mist Wraith and. Um, and uh, that series, the four books we read for the read-along last year, um, I really loved Warhost of Vastmark because um, I love how she uh, ended that one. Spectacular ending. So I'm I'm an endings person. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, you haven't figured that out, I know some people like beginnings better, what have you, but uh, I really like a great ending. And yeah. um, uh, so those. Uh, those are really uh, spectacular. Plus, you know, Janie Wirtz's writing as well is her prose is impeccable, um, and uh, I also really loved the book that wouldn't burn by Mark Lawrence. Oh, um, that was a big surprise for me because um, that's a new that was a new author to me this year too, and I uh, I hesitated wanting to read all his previous any of his previous stuff because it was like more like you like you you would talk about series you know getting into more series mm -hmm. and i was like oh, i don't want to get into another series at this point but he came out with a brand new book mm -hmm. the book that wouldn't burn and i was like okay that that seems like a good way to start with him and um and it got some good recommendations uh Philip Chase recommended it, and he he uh, talked about it on his channel, and I I was like, okay, that that sounds like it's up my alley. It's it's got a magical library, hmm. which um, was cool. Reminded me of to me it reminded me of uh, something that Gaiman would come up with maybe hmm. Neil Gaiman, but um, but then I read it, and it's it's not like Gaiman at all. It's it's its own thing, but uh, <laughs> and uh, 
I really enjoyed it. I thought he had a, he had a couple of characters in there that were just a lot a, a joy to follow and a lot of fun to get to know. And um, hmm. and he had a lot of neat ideas in there about what a magical library consists of. And uh, so that was uh, you know my number three book of the year. Hmm. Um, and then I read Stoner by John Williams. And that's contemporary literature. So out of my fantasy wheelhouse, so to speak. Uh, but um, really loved that book. Uh, it was and it was a really nice change up from my normal reading. And um, I just thought that book uh, pretty much it pretty much laid out why we love literature wow. you know um in a uh in a story about a professor of literature you know so and uh and so it, it that the the character loved literature more than anything else to his detriment uh unfortunately it's not it's not the it's not the happiest story <laughs> um but uh but it was really 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 well done hmm. and uh and I also really loved um, uh, Forge of the High Mage came out by Ian Esselmont. So that was the latest in the in the Malzin series. Um, and I always loved those. Hmm. So that was that's uh, extremely a bunch of fun for me, just revisiting those characters because um, it's like a prequel, or yeah, it's a. Uh, prequel series leading up to the main 10 books and um and uh then I loved um I love Philip Chase's series hmm. uh the uh the last one I thought being the best oh. the return to Udon was the best one out of the three yeah in my opinion it uh once again because I like a really good ending and he had a really good ending and he did something a little different with a third book than what most trilogies do, and I, I really appreciated that. And I thought it was thought it was well done. Wow, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so I've, that's my rundown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have Stoner on my list too of uh, books that that's on my shelf to get to it. But yeah, ah, good, good. Yeah, I, I'd like to hear you hear your thoughts on that one. That was uh, interesting. Very interesting book. Mm. It's like the the book where uh, about a professor of literature. It doesn't sound exciting at all, but <laughs> but it's written really well, and it's uh, and it it ends up being a lot more than you bargain for. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, Paramita, you wanna go next with your favorites of the year? Uh, yes, sure. So. Uh, I made a top 10 list and it is ranked. Um, so I did not include Riri's and I rate everything that I read in my personal scoring system, which then I convert to Goodreads, uh, the five, but usually I rate it on 10. So everything on this list is nine on 10 or above. And, uh, so the first five are pretty, I mean, number one is number one and number five is number five. And the last five are a bit more fluid. So 
I'll go through them in order. Uh, my book of the year was uh, a book called The Book of Disquiet by Fernando Pessoa. It's mm-hmm. a very, very strange novel. It's more like a collection of thoughts or musings, like the journal of this fictional character or characters. And it was, uh, it, it spoke to my heart. Hmm. very very deeply and uh, it's an all-time favorite i don't have enough words to express how good it is or how much it meant to me um i bought a physical copy along with my ebook and i just hope that i can reread excerpts from it regularly even if i i want to read maybe the whole book every year like make it an annual thing but at least i want to reread excerpts um the is it, is second, it um it, is it fictional stuff the uh it is yeah it, it, it yes it is fiction okay cool um the second book that was uh again absolutely brilliant so this would be life and fate by vasily grossman it's actually part of a duology book one is stalingrad and book two is life and fate uh, hmm. Life and Fate can be read as a standalone, and usually often is. But uh, peop- I mean, if you want the whole picture, then Stalingrad and Life and Fate should be read together. I just put one book by each author. That's why I have Life and Fate. Um, beautifully written, hmm. post World War Two setting, and the aftermath. What was going on in terms of ideological clashes reflected through characters and very very powerful character vignettes i've since read uh, apart from stalingrad and life and fate i've read two other books by Gross- vasily grossman and all fantastic so he's again definitely a new favorite author and um, i want to read i'm rereading life and fate right now like it's my uh, 2024 first reread I chose was this one. So, uh, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful book. The third one was The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Mm. There's another book which I also loved, which I read this year, which is The Crossing, but I put uh, only one book for author. And The, the Road was a 10 on 10 book for me. I It was absolutely immaculate, it was flawless. It was a post-apocalyptic novel very, very stark, very, very clinical prose, very, very heartfelt. Uh, hmm. I, I mean, there were mo- usually I struggled with Cormac McCarthy. For example, I have not liked his novels like Blood Meridian or Child of God at all. But this one just it, it resonated with me immediately. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful read. The fourth one, very big surprise. Uh, read end of the year, maybe with three, four days to go in the year. Uh, I started on Christmas, is the <laughs> manga series Basak by Kentaro Mura. Uh, storytelling is great, characters, uh, character arcs are great, but what elevated this to just wow, I have no words, is the artwork. Uh, it's it, 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 spectacular it's jaw-dropping i don't know how someone achieves that 
panel by panel, volume by volume. And he did right up to the very end. So uh, the series is not over, but uh, Mira tragically passed away after completing volume 41. It is being continued by his studio assistants under the supervision of his dear friend, who is also a manga He's also a manga artist. But uh, Mira's art is just, just I, I'm amazed that uh, this this exists. So hmm. that was a huge uh, positive surprise for me, and it's definitely in my all time all time favorite series. The fifth book was is called The Dying Grass by William T. Volman. New author for me. I've read one of his nonfiction books before called Rising Up and Rising Down. It was very good. It's out of print. It's completely out of print. And uh, I managed to get a PDF. But anyway, um, I also tried a book called Europe Central, which is one of his better known books and didn't quite vibe with it. But this is about the Nez Pierce War. And it is a blend of fiction and nonfiction. What Volman tries to do in this book is reconstruct the history from different documents, different source documents, both official documents, which is recorded by the so-called victors, and also oral, the statements that have been passed on from generations, from the people who sometimes do not have a voice, or sometimes their voices get suppressed. Hmm. So, very, very moving book, brilliantly, alternating POVs between these two traditions, the official documents and then the oral tradition of uh, recording history, which is reflected in the way the book is written. And it also has a very comprehensive bibliography at the end, anyone is interested. And the way Volman writes about how he went about compiling this bibliography, even that was interesting to read. Usually when uh, I get to the end of a book and there's a bibliography, I just skip. But here even that was very well written. So very lovely book. Mm. Number six is a classic called uh, The Nun by Denis Diderot. It's a French classic. Uh, I think early 1900s published. Mm. It's about a woman who wants to live life on her own terms. And she has her own interpretation of faith. She is, it's called the nun, so she is in a monastery, in an abbey sort of, and she is not in conformity with what the religious beliefs are of that time. This does not mean that her faith is untrue, but just that she believes what she believes and she wants to be let be. And the book is all about whether that was ever possible, whether we can let someone be even when they are not causing us any harm just because their beliefs are not in conformity with ours. And the reason why it hit me so hard is I felt this was very topical even today. Hmm. Letting people be is not so uh, easy or frankly uh, frequent even in today's day and age when we have come so far in other ways. So that was why the book was very impactful. Number seven was Clarissa by Samuel Richardson. Again, another huge surprise. This was uh, somebody just suggested it to me. It's a 1500 page epistolary novel, which was published in the late 1700s. And it is absolutely brilliant. It is 
from a female pov and it's about mainly it is through clarissa and her best friend and they're writing letters to each other and that's how the story evolves so firstly epistolary format done this brilliantly i have rarely seen so i i just loved it and to maintain that for 1500 pages was amazing hmm. and the other thing which really spoke to me in this novel which is again from late 1700s i wasn't expecting it you don't see it in 19th century novels or even in 20th even 21st century novels it is rare which is the theme of female friendship and uh, it was very very lovely to read that uh number 8 is a again historical fiction novel called days without end by sebastian barry it was an award winning book i think it came out in 2016 or 2018 uh it is about a particular specific period of irish history and again uh the writing was brilliant characters were brilliant and very very hard hitting moving it's a very short book and uh it's it has a sequel so it really it it just it spoke to my heart when i read it so that's why it's on the list number 9 is the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay by michael shebon i didn't expect this to like this at all because i remember when i tried this last year i think i dnf'd it and somehow this time <laughs> the narrative voice just clicked for me is beautiful it's about these two boys who try to get into the comic business in the, and this is in america during the time when world war 2 is going on and one of the boys is jewish he has escaped from a particular plight which his family has not been able to escape and it's the interplay of all these historical elements together with the history of how comics evolved all blended together in a fictional narrative absolutely beautiful uh it won the pulitzer prize in 2000 but more importantly anyone who likes comics or anyone who is interested in comics in any way shape or form will love this novel i hmm. think it's very very simply written shabon doesn't show off he doesn't have any sort of bombastic phrase but uh, prose sorry it's just letting simplicity speak for itself and very very endearing characters and all about how coming up with those scenes in comic books so it was very del- and i'm not a comic book person and even then i found it so so delightful so i think anybody who likes comics or who has an ist- interest in that history of comics how they evolved from how they were to how they are now uh, it was a very very endearing and intelligent conversation on that topic last one is a book called poison for breakfast by lemony snicket it's a very sweet heartfelt book about reading about books it's a, through the perspective of a fictional character and there's a little bit of a mystery going on but chiefly it's commentary on books on reading and i think a uh, very short read again very simple but very nice writing and anyone who just needs a bit of a uh, how do i say a pick me up and who loves books will uh, enjoy this story i think so those are my top 10 Wow. Yeah. I'm very interested in that uh Michael Shabon book. It sounds fascinating to me. It's it's really really good, Char. This one yeah. and the other one is uh the Yiddish Policeman's Union. Uh that's like noir noir genre but 
with a little twist of an alternate history the alternate history part is really clever like i, I jaw droppingly clever so i'm not going to spoil it for you you'll know as soon as you start it but uh, it's it's a very very nice book i think cavalier and clay is probably higher up there for me but both these books are great really really good hmm so given all the books you read this year was it hard to narrow it down to 10 um because i excluded rereads hmm. um and then the second criteria that i applied was 9 on 10 so there were lots of uh so that means like excellent and or all time favorite status there were lots of books which i gave like four stars so those were very good and maybe some of them i would even read but none of them are on that list if i had included four stars it would have been difficult but no because it was five stars i counted i think i had 14 then uh last time i counted which was i think early december and then i had berserk and one more five star read so out of 16 i had to narrow it down to 10 which was and then if i exclude the uh, only one i'm like only one book per author then mm. it was it was it was not too bad hmm yes that's an impressive list now i'm regretting the whole decision i might go for the year to not start a new series now after hearing everyone's favorites um it's me it's only it's only the 1st of january but the fun thing yeah. uh, wait let me check other than berserk none of the things that i've said are on on my list are series loophole yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll none, of, none of them are series i was uh, very surprised i must confess to everyone when i made the list because uh, when i was reading throughout the year of course we don't i, I personally don't log so much or think so much about statistics so i thought that i was reading equal genre fiction and classics literary fiction but if you look at the list barring berserk and maybe amazing adventures but amazing adventures is also literary fiction come you know the comic book element so barring uh, berserk there's nothing of all the fantasy and all the science fiction i read and even of the mysteries i read uh, mysteries i guess i didn't read so much so i was just very surprised by that because i always consider myself like a 50-50 like i say if the top two genres of fantasy and literary fiction joined so it was very surprising for me when i saw the favorites list <laughs> basak <laughs> is representing everything yeah that's kind of neat i'm glad it was works on your list So uh Chibipo, what's uh, what's on your list for the year? Um I don't really do a whole list um uh, because you know, I do end up, you know, on a lot of times rereading mm-hmm. stuff and you know, um some of my rereads I'm like these are so good that they just kind of would blow everything else out. Um uh but I'd say for something I didn't reread this year, probably my favorite has been uh, PL Stewards. Um you know drunk kingdom stuff working on that I really yeah, like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, can't remember if I read the first of Dan books this year or not. Or did he put them all out? They were all year? out this year, yeah. Yeah. Okay, then I did read that one. So yeah, that one would be there too, but I need to finish the other two. Um and 
stuff that I read that wasn't rereads I was like it's like this is okay but it wasn't um, anything great Chachovsky's you know started Shadows of the App I really liked it um, so that's on there and uh, and Bone Ships I really like those too so those are probably the ones for stuff I haven't that I hadn't read before so What about um, what about rereads? Which ones stuck out to you? Did you enjoy? Because sometimes you can reread something and enjoy it even more the second time. Uh, rereads? Well, that's that's just you know that's just gonna be Jenny words. Those are things I did the most rereads of. I don't think I did rereads of much else. You know, um, everything else this year that I read was stuff I hadn't read before. Hmm. Um, yes. Uh, but yeah, for rereads, you know, I, I pretty much enjoy those wholeheartedly every time I reread them. So I can't wait for us to start to you know the next the next one. I see someone already started. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, he's always ahead. Yeah, he's <laughs> always ahead. <laughs> well, we're meeting in like two weeks. Two right? weeks. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're about to, yeah. Not too, too far. I, I know I'm already way ahead, but I'm just like I, I stopped and it's like I will wait. And the Goodreads or the one person who's still paying attention in the Goodreads, you know, is you know chomping at the bit to she finished up Fugitive mm-hmm. Prince and is chomping to start you know Grand Conspiracy and she's like you know the rest of you can just catch up, <laughs> you know, if you want to participate. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. So, um, uh, for so tri- any any ones that you're looking forward to this year that you haven't read yet, Chibi Po? Um, the well, the you know, finishing the day with bad because I just started that. Um, I'm gonna. I've got uh, a couple of <laughs> over here. <laughs> Uh, I want to start up Daniel Abraham's um, Kithamar and uh, I've got Mark Lawrence's book that wouldn't burn I don't want to get through to it too, too so um, and then just picking up uh, starting on a, the left King of Ostenard and um and maybe some hob. I've got a bunch of hob to read too, so and you know, which Tad Williams. I might try something other and different from you know the Ostenard stuff because you got other land and um, the Shadow March and then the uh, Urban Fantasy trilogy he's got, so So um, let's see. Um, so for my list, um, the ones that I, I didn't really spend a whole lot of time, I just sped out a few, just whatever came to my mind. Um, for in, in no particular order, uh, a congregation of jackals by Craig S. Zoller. It's a it's a grim dark western. Like it's not really a fantasy book. It's more of a of a gritty revenge tale. 
Um, it kind of poses questions about escaping your your past if you can't escape your past, or if it will always find a way back to you if you can ever just get away from what you've done and start over again. It is uh, it was pretty intense read uh, for those of you who have seen Bone Tomahawk. He's the same author who wrote Bone, Bone Tomahawk. If you've seen that movie, that's kind of the same mm. vibe. For well, it's, I think this one's even worse in some ways. Well, worse, like more violent and uh, bleak. Yeah. Uh, the next one was A War to End All by Michael R. Fletcher. I think any any last book in the series, I was I wasn't really nervous about the end of uh, of uh, the Manifest Delusions. I just figured it'd work out. But they, Clayton Snyder and and Michael R. Fletcher took they co-wrote it and it. Ended up being a lot funnier than I expected, and it's a, it's fun seeing the the progression through the series of it starting off pretty pretty bleak and pretty dark and pretty serious, and then it kind of veers off into more of a poking fun at uh, at religion and some other things, but it pokes fun at everyone, so it's kind of you know it's like it's everyone gets a turn, but that was that was fun. Uh, the next one was the Last of the Atlanteans by P.L. Stewart, another great book. Nice. Uh, there's a scene at, towards the end of that book. I won't spoil anything if you haven't read it, but there's a very intense scene at the end that was just done uh, just masterfully. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but if you've read it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next one was The Servitor of Sin by Christopher G. Brenning. It's a, it was like a novella, but I was itching to get back into that world. And something about Brenning's writing it's very fast and action packed and it's it's it reads like a like a movie it has that kind of feeling to it uh the next one was uh i, I had to i chose one from the second apocalypse and i i just figured the the unholy consult uh i think the judging eye is probably close to um one of my favorites of the year one of my all-time favorites it, what a wild wild ride second half of that series so that's uh, on my list, and of course, uh, "Curse of the Mist," "Curse of the Mist Wraith" by Johnny Wirtz. I mean, what can you say about that? It just it blew my mind. Uh, and again, it's another book that forces you to slow down and to to not, um, you know, to just enjoy it, like to just, um, you know, take your time with it. And so, because every word is is just full. Every there's like no. Um, Every, every word means something it's there's like it doesn't feel like there's fluff you know so it's one of the most memorable for me and i did write down a couple of comic books um swan songs i don't know if anyone's into comics or it's an anthology series by w maxwell prince and he rotates artists through and every issue is a different story wonderful series for those of you who aren't reading it who want a comic book recommendation uh of course berserk what can you say about berserk getting me more, more into manga and uh and I, I i i was afraid to mention this one because of recency bias but somna number one i believe it's by becky clunan and i forget the other um the other person's name but somna it's a it's like a it's like a historical horror almost erotic uh thriller it's like the, the witch and midsummer matched together and the artwork, everything is just stellar. So that one stuck with me. I read it a few days ago when it, it made the list because it's just so good. 
So those are, uh, that was my, uh, uh my Becky, list. Becky Cloonan. Is that the mm-hmm. artist? Becky Cloonan. Was, is, she, is she from Saga or is she from? I think it's, uh, I think Saga is, oh, no. um, Paper Girls, right? Oh yeah. Maybe I Paper forget Girls. which one. Yeah. Maybe it is Saga. I don't know. Uh, Fiona Staples is Saga, right? Fiona Staples. That's right, yeah. But she, I just I've seen your name before, so yeah, she's been on for I a while. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was in association with with Brian K. Vaughan and something, but oh, it's uh, Becky Cloonan and Tula Lote. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty wild ride. Yeah, but I, I am looking forward to reading The Road this year, since it's been mentioned here in a few lists today. And uh, I think we're going to be reading uh, Sandman. I'm looking forward to that. Swamp Thing, Alan Moore cool. Swamp Thing. Um, Swamp Thing, yeah. yeah. Those are just top of my head. Uh, the Fade Out. Yes, yes, we need to plan a time for that. Yeah. Good stuff. It's on my shelf, just waiting. I think it's right there. <laughs> but, yeah, fun, uh, good year. I, I didn't feel like I read as much this year, but I remember what I read better. <laughs> so maybe that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's always a good thing. Yeah. Paramita, you out of your top ten. Um, you see, you said these are the ones you you would definitely want to reread, right? Yes. Um, but how? What were your favorite? What was your favorite reread of the past year? Probably Lord of the Rings. Boring answer, but it always works. Um, That's legit, though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other than that, uh, Goldfinch by Donatart. I think I read it twice. Uh, wow. Lord of the Rings, I think I overdid it last year. I think I read it thrice. It could even be four times, but definitely at least thrice. So, wow. Lord of the Rings is probably the answer. And then uh, the Goldfinch, To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, these are like tied. So if if I go by just sheer number of rereads because I was like I love this this much then yes but uh, the picture of Dorian Gray which is if I'm forced to say what is your one favorite book all over then I would probably say still the picture of Dorian Gray. Oh so, wow, nice. Yeah, <laughs> Dickens. Cool. Oh, uh, Great Expectations, but Great Expectations is uh, like it lives rent free in my mind. So, uh, but yeah, I loved rereading that as well. Nice. Uh, cool. In fantasy, and I let I read reread a lot of Ursula K. Le Guin. I think uh, the Left Hand of Darkness, the Lathe of Heaven, and the Birthday of the World, and other stories. These three would be my favorite. Uh, what else? I mean, I mean, I read, reread a lot of stuff. I I reread the Song of Ice and Fire, which I liked a lot, and I think I reread it twice again. I like it that much. King, oh, King Killer, I reread hmm. thrice. I'm just sad about it because I'm rereading it now again. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's it's uh, it's it's delightful. I reread the Ostinath saga because actually I thought the final book would come out in uh, November, so I started mm-hmm. a reread, and then I was like, ah, oh, let me finish it only because it's so lovely. So th- th- those were uh, lo- those were some fun. But yeah, just short answer, one answer, one book is the lot of. I did pick up uh, King Killer. You are not going to like it, I think. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. (laughs) Like, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I don't know. Like, Maybe, hmm. maybe, but like anything can happen. I think after after I love Berserk this much, I think we all keep an open mind and anything is possible. But like, I I would be so surprised if you if if it like ends up becoming a top series or something, possible. <laughs> but it could also like really annoy or bore you. Like it could go in either direction. <laughs> I'm eager to see which. Wow. I I find it fascinating that you can uh, reread so much, and then when I um, I like I hardly ever reread anything mm. at all. I was always looking for that next thing, mm-hmm. and uh, until I finally, after the movies came out for the Lord of Rings, I finally reread Tolkien, um, and I was like, oh okay. This isn't so bad. Rereading something, you know, <laughs> and uh, and then I um, so after I reread those, I reread the first and second chronicles of Thomas Covenant, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and that was right before he came out with the with the last chronicle, so it was good timing actually, and then um, and now this year I started, or actually last year I started rereading Malazan. Um and so that's that's it in my life. I like those. I mean, other than a few comics here and there, um, but uh, those uh, those are like made for major series. Those are the only rereads I've ever done. Hmm. Hmm. I I think for me, what happened a bit was uh, I I tried a lot of new stuff, and some of it I even read to completion. But uh, it, I was disappointed or angry with myself or something and so to recalibrate the only thing that works at times are rereads hmm. and uh, that that's that's one reason and the other reason is uh, probably what again i'm paraphrasing a bit but what nabokov said that like a true yeah. reader is not a reader but just a rereader because you, you just get more and more and I don't mean necessarily the physical act of picking up the book and reading it again from front to back but even if a book had that Im- has that impact on us that you know, it lives in our mind and there are passages which come which just come to us while we are doing something else and then we think about it from a different perspective even that is a kind of rereading for me personally hmm. Oh sure, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't say I haven't done that. I've definitely yeah. gone back and looked at like things that I've underlined or something like that. Um, hmm. But uh, that's true. I mean, and, and I have reread a lot of um, Howard stories, Conan Howard stories. I reread yeah. a lot of those. Okay. Hmm. Uh, 
it does sh does a short, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, not for uh, me, uh, the author that I've probably reread the most, and she's also my favorite author, is Agatha Christie. And uh, oh, okay. there was there was a period of about eight to nine years in between where I didn't read anything new, as uh, mm. it just fell out of reading, and so that time. All that I read was uh, there are some Bengali things which I won't mention because they are not translated. But uh, in English, the only things that I reread over and over again voraciously is uh, Agatha Christie, Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, the Sherlock Holmes complete collection, uh, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, and Harry Potter. That's it. So uh, for me. Yeah. Like, uh, like I guess some part of my brain always tells me that if I'm getting getting bogged down or something, to just go and reread a favorite, and then if, when when I hear something about Lord of the Rings, uh, I guess like there's always a, some enthusiasm in some corner of the internet where I lurk in for Lord of the Rings. I see a post or I see something, and then I'm like, oh, I want to read this again, and. It's it's quite joyous. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I I hesitate to ask this about Malazan because uh, it's it's uh, quite serious in what it says. But uh, does the act of rereading, uh, especially Malazan, did it bring you a sense of joy or peace? I don't know about peace, but joy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it. Uh, no, I I uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it a lot because because I missed a lot. The first time around, and um, I'm just—I guess it's like a puzzle, mm. uh, you know. That the first time, when I it took me a long time to put it together, and this time, mm. I'm assembling the pieces quicker, mm. and it that's bringing me joy because I'm like, I'm taking, I'm seeing certain things that I didn't see before, certain connections, and I'm just. Uh, enjoying the hell out of it but i'm also um i'm also enjoying his prose a lot more because i think the first time i read it i was like i was like this is a big book and i want to get through it mm. and i want to get to the another the next one because it, it, it's funny because a lot of people say oh you know it, it, his books are so deep and all that stuff and but it is quite possible to read that series just for the action and get through it and just mm -hmm. just have a good time you know and maybe a little little less likely with the, with that on the last few of them because they're a bit more philosophical but um you can definitely do that and i think i did that a lot of that the first time around i was just like oh wow look at that you know there's this these cool races and these this cool battle and this you know and the, all these all this stuff going on uh but on the second read through i'm i i'm actually enjoying it more than the first time because I'm uh, just connecting a lot more and I'm I'm understanding a lot more what he was trying to do rather than just reading it like another epic fantasy mm. and um, and so uh, it's been a, a bigger pleasure and it's also it is also the reason I actually discovered booktube <laughs> because mm. I um, I actually just started by looking up an interview with Steven Erickson and, and AP's channel popped up, you know, so, um, the critical dragon and, uh, and so, um, 
you know, of course, that only led me down a bigger rabbit hole into understanding more about what Erickson was trying to achieve with these books. And, uh, and that just, I don't know, it added to even more to the, to the pleasure of the reread that I'm doing now. And, um, and I'm, I, I'm very good at staying away from spoilers, um, on anything, uh, including for the books that I haven't reread yet, which is the last two in the main series. I actually have not watched any discussions on those at all hmm. because I, I still want to get my own impressions on my reread as I get to those books, the, the Dust of Dreams and the Cripple God. And, uh, and, and it's fun, be, too, because I'm, I'm doing the Esselmont ones, too. Um, and, uh, and I'm finding stuff even in those books that, that I was like, oh, wow, okay. There's, there's puzzle pieces in those ones, too. That go right along with it, uh, so it's it's been fun, it's been a lot of fun with that, and it's that's different than the rereads I've done before, where I where I have this level of involvement, really, participation, self participation. Mm. <laughs> hmm. uh, how about uh, you, Chibipo? Because I know you have reread Wars of Light and Shadow. And yeah. mm-hmm. same question for Steve actually, because now you're rereading um, Second Apocalypse. So, yes, for both of you, I mean, how how is it on a reread? I guess for cheap people, this is NF reread, not the second reread. And I guess for Steve, it's the second reread. I mean, sorry, the second read through of Second. So, how has it been? Is it fulfilling? Is it I don't know. Are, are there parts where you find new things or are there parts where you're a little bit like, eh, this could have gone? I mean, how, just how in general, how is it? Uh, well, for the things I reread, um, uh, for Wars of Light and Shadow, you know, I find new things every time. Um, and... Uh, so, you know, I've never been disappointed in a reread, you know, for those. Um, uh, some of the other others I read, um, I'm not disappointed in them, but I don't reread them, you know, thinking I'm going to find anything in depth because I just read them because they're fun. Um, and I really like the series, you know. Um, but it's just also a habit. It's like if I follow a long series, it's like and there's a few years between books. I'm like, all right, I got to refresh myself. So time to reread everything and catch up to where 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 the stuff is at which can be daunting especially in you know um and jenny's not even the most um egregious example of that because you know wars of light shadows you know uh in terms of how many books is you know not the longest series that i've been following um uh um um, though that other series is broken up into, you know, smaller chunks, you know, so like here's two books, here's six books, here's eight books. So, but all collectively, it's like, oh, look, 16 books, 17 with the new one. And there's still three or four more, or possibly five more to go. <laughs> so that one gets kind of daunting, but um, it's a lot of fun and it goes fast. So that's for the Michelle West. You know, series. So, um, 
and yeah, just anything I anything I pick up usually to reread is probably just because it's you know other than like you know West or, or Wurtz and is just you know it's like I've read it before and it's fun to read real quick. So you know, and I never uh, I don't ever run into being um, displeased or being like blah. Um, if that ever happens, I end up. Um, you know, probably ends up getting you know kicked off my shelf because I'm like, okay, I'm no longer interested in this. And that is fairly uh, you know a fairly sparing event. So, hmm. um, for me, I'm I'm not very smart. So the second time reading the second apocalypse, I'm finding I I felt like I, f I followed the the story for the most part, um, but now I'm I'm noticing a lot more of the lore and what's going on in the background. And I'm, I'm noticing little breadcrumbs that he added in as that pay off later in the series, even in, in the, the last couple of books. So it's pretty neat to see the little things that he planted very, very early that sprouted later and not major. Well, they're major events later, but they're just, a, just a quick mention in the first couple of books. So it's pretty neat to see that, you know, the setup, even if it, you would have never known, you'd never know in the first read, but, um, going back and rereading, you notice a few things is pretty, pretty neat. But, cool. Um, well, I want to, so thanks to everyone for coming by. It's, uh, it's, it's a, a fantastic 2024 and, um, yeah, it's fun to hear. I, now I, I'm regretting my decision to not start a new series <laughs> in the new year. <laughs> yeah, jeez. I, I, were there any other um, interesting standouts that maybe didn't make your top ten or anything like that, but just stuff that uh, surprised you or was just interesting on the side? Mm. Let me take yeah, a look. Yeah, I mean, one... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, one was uh, with Jared rec recommended to me in our last forum hangout, "The Drowning Girl" by Caitlin Kiernan. It, it oh, was yeah. a five star. Yeah, it was a five star read for me. I I I just cut it because uh, I made that you know like would I reread this because it's an incredibly good book but it's very depressing. It's hmm. not depressing as in you know it will it will bog you down but it is deep 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 dive into someone's psyche and oh. it's it's mm. a bit it's a bit tough but it was it was a real surprise because i was like yeah okay i will read this and then i was like wow so that that <laughs> was a wonderful surprise um this was not so much of a surprise this happened earlier this was earlier in the year but I didn't expect to love it as much as I did on a reread, which was Lud in the Mist by Hope Mirleys. Uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which I think I've talked 2,000 times and everybody's sick of me mentioning this novel. Uh, it's like my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorites. I, I love that book. And Lud in the Mist was like the precursor published in 1926. short standalone. Uh, when I read it the first time, I don't think I quite got the magic. But when I reread it this year, I, I was just mesmerized. So I love that. Uh, 
I think I was pleasantly surprised by Sun Eater. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, and uh, I enjoyed reading the books, and I binged them. I totally binged them. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and the would, the would you read a? Oh, go ahead. What was it? No, no, go ahead, Jared. Would Would you read another um, Caitlin Kernan book? Yes. I yeah, have it okay. on my I'm list. I totally oh, have it do. on my <laughs> list. Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to try some of her more out there stuff, but just need to be careful that uh, I'm in the right headspace. Ah, that's okay. that's it. But other than that, uh, absolutely. Um, I this was not so much of a surprise because I like Hunchback of Notre Dame, but uh, La Miserables by Victor Hugo. This one also I read early in the year, and it was. It was very nice. Again, it would have made my top fifteen or sixteen, but I had to cut it. I think Crossing was a real surprise. Like all three of these are surprises because the amount that I complain about Blood Mer- Meridian and Child of God, like I think they are yucky books. I can't stand them. <laughs> my Cormac McCarthy, it's like whoa. But from there, when I read The Crossing, I, I was just so moved. I was speechless. And then wrote, mm-hmm. loved, and then recently I read No Country for Old Men, also mm-hmm. really really liked. Not mm-hmm. not quite in the five star status of Road and uh, right. Crossing, but I loved it. Yeah. Those are I, some I, of the stand-up. I, um, yeah, because I, I like. I mean, I had some surprises. They weren't like my top five or anything like that, but I was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I was very interested with uh, Perdido Street Station. Mm. Um, oh yes. You know, it, it wasn't one of my favorite books of all time, but I, mm-hmm. I was glad. I was very glad I read it, and I was very. In- I found it very fascinating. Mm. And uh, and also the um, the sci-fi masterworks read-along. Mm. You know, none of those books would ever make my top ten, but I'm still having a good time reading them and. And talking about them, and they're they're fascinating pieces of science fiction history, really. And uh, so I'm having a good time with that series, um, you know. So it's uh, the, and there've been a couple other books during the year that have that have uh, entertained me, but the, you know they, they didn't blow me away as far as like the best book ever. But there was something unique about them that made them. Mm interesting for what they were uh like sea of poppies i read sea of poppies and that was very interesting book yeah (laughs) yeah and uh and i was glad i read it because i was just like wow that's that's just different you know Hmm. anything like that for you steve i was looking over the list of what i read um i the nothing really stands out too much um there's a lot of good, um, but there wasn't anything that really was it. I don't think was even in the. I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed um, Word Gods by Susanna Imaginario. Mm. Um, I was finishing up the uh, the Dandelion Dynasty at the end of the year, so uh, those ones were on my on my list for last year. But the other ones were just kind of fine um nothing that really stands out though that was uh, oh, I, I think my list I, is pretty much head and shoulders above yeah oh 
I, I just remembered because I, I want to mention this now. Uh, Anachrony, so the audiobook that uh, Susanna Imaginario, her channel, The Den of the Weird, she released this uh, two hour something minute audiobook. Mm. And I loved it. I mm-hmm. really, really loved it. And I always had an impression of the series because I didn't really get American gods. So I was like, I don't know enough mythology, especially Western mythology and the games she's going to be playing with those to get the series. But I loved Anachrony so much, uh, which is like, I think it's book 3.5. So it's like this bridge novelette. I can't call it a novella, but it's like a novelette. And it it has such a unique uh, character voice. And so, yeah, that was a five-star read for me. It was lovely. I, yes. that, that that really surprised me because I was like I'm not going to get anything in this series I won't understand when I say I, I'm not going to get it I mean I won't understand anything because I don't know the source mythology but uh, I was mm. uh, it was uh, it was not a problem for me I really enjoyed what I listened to hmm. nice. nice there must have been something I loved I'm trying to think I like that there are phases of my reading which were marred by like one star one star two stars two stars i'm trying to skip over those and remember of uh, remember the fun things that i read but uh, i i think yeah. i mentioned i mentioned uh, most of most of the ones that i i that that have stayed with me hmm. um other others have been uh, rereads i think i got a lot more into translated literature and that is something that I want to keep going in 2024. So I guess this this clicked for me more on a reread is uh, Borges, his short stories. So that was something that I didn't expect again to click for me. I was like, I'm not smart enough for this. And then I slowly, slowly read it with more patience and it clicked slowly a little bit little bit i think that mm. better than the first time and another book which i really liked the first time it really disturbed me but second time it disturbed me but i also liked it is the bell jar by sylvia plath and uh, she she was incidentally also the poet i was thinking about when i said that there are select poets whose works i do enjoy so sylvia plath's poetry is actually something that uh, spoke to me quite a bit Hmm. Such a tragic end for her, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's uh, it it was very very tough. Uh, hmm. There's a biography of her, uh, Steve and Jared and Shibipov and everyone, everyone listening, who which you might like. Uh, there have been many biographies, but this one is uh, it came out in 2020, I believe. Uh, it's called Red Comet. It's by Heather Clark, and uh, it's fairly comprehensive, but what makes it unique as compared to other biographies is uh, uh, I, there's a trigger warning for uh, end-of-life thoughts. So I'll be speaking for, let's say, the next two minutes about a very tragic event in Sylvia Plath's uh, demise. Take care, listeners, maybe just two minutes. So uh, Sylvia Plath took her own life, and she was a lifelong uh, patient of chronic depression. At that time... Treatments were not what they were now. She was subject to a lot of treatments which did not agree with her. And uh, so on and so forth. But 
the difference with this biography and the other biographies is other biographies seem to take her suicide as a given and reframe her entire literary contribution in the context of that and this is something that apparently modern culture does as well for example if there is a neurotic character or a psychotic character often female they'll be shown holding a copy of the bell jar with all the associated implications but what heather clark does is she tries to show the woman behind that sylvia plath was a living breathing entity she was extremely talented she had lot of creativity she had lot of ideas yes depression was a part of her personality but it was a part of her personality it was not her personality she was not depression personified right she was a cat- talented poet she was very very tal- good in her studies an excellent student she was a very good spouse she tried her best she was a very loving mother along with all this she tried to keep her poetry going and yes this illness bogged her down as many other people have been bogged down by the illnesses so from this perspective if you want to read uh, about her life i would highly recommend the biography and uh, i i got recommended this by a friend on discord who listened to the audiobook and he also said that uh, you know because for non fiction it is bit easier compared to fiction if you are doing something let's say like chores or you're driving or right. something just to have it going and this audiobook is very well narrated so i would highly recommend that hmm that's cool and it's on my list <laughs> list so uh, it looks good yeah my list but yeah it's fascinating um brilliant poet though she is she is and uh something we will all find in each of her poems i think maybe that's where the brilliance comes from you yeah. that you're thinking of steve that uh, something uh, very very humane uh, way of writing mm-hmm. very vulnerable and um yes yeah honest yes yes i'm and very very uh, fond of silvia plath and again as i said maybe a part of it is influenced by how much she tried and couldn't in the end she succumbed but it was a very very great artist i'm i'm always very saddened when the lives of artists are tragically cut short there's perhaps a selfishness within us that uh, at least within me that you know what else we could have got definitely that as- aspect comes in a bit i i i mourned that with uh, kentaro mura as well very very uh, tragically he he died of an uh, aortic uh, dissection so medical causes but yeah same thing hmm. Well, on that note. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but no, I want to thank all of you for for coming by to hang out and talk about your favorites of the year and uh, make me regret my decision I just made like a few days ago <laughs> about not buying a new series. <laughs> but uh yeah, so uh in the meantime, uh Jared, where can people find you? 
you can find me on the Fantasy Thinker YouTube channel, and uh, you can find me on the Page Chewing Forum anytime, almost. <laughs> and Creative Crossroads, too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Looking forward to the next uh, the next entry. And uh, Paramita, where can people find you? Uh, the best place to find me would be on the Page Chewing Forum. I post there quite regularly, and uh, I respond to messages as soon as I see them about Delhi. Do you get a lot of messages? Not really, oh, but okay. sometimes <laughs> I, I do. Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> oh no, again, another two-star read. And I'm like, oh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, but I'm always happy to oh. chat book. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry, pardon me. Yeah, I, I was just saying I'm uh, always happy to <clears throat> chat book, so I can be found on the page during forum. And sure. Anything I'm except st- very, very gory horror and splatterpunk with, like, body parts. <laughs> Other than that, I think I'm very happy to chat. <laughs> For that, you I'm asked I'm still me. amazed <laughs> <laughs> that you, you know, made it through mm-hmm. Berserk. I think the artwork won me over. Still amazed. It's like, well, see, I, I, I love the love the series. I can't say I care a lot for, much for its fans because they're crazy. <laughs> um, because they're they're very much there's a very vocal group of, you know, uh, Griffith did nothing wrong, mm. and. I'm like, no, <laughs> just a world of no. <laughs> you know, Griffith did a lot wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, they'll, they'll they'll just they're 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 crazy about it. They'll like defend him to, you know, to be like, oh, that was the only way that he could honor and you know. Um, I've actually seen someone argue this that um, his sacrificing, you know, what happens. In the eclipse is the only way he could honor the you know you know everything that they've done for him and i'm like i'm like um it's like is he is he well written yes is he a good person no <laughs> yeah so just people in griffith yeah a lot of friends are really crazy about him in not good ways so um anyway i can be found on page chewing um and i look around on twitter and i am on blue sky and if anybody needs blue sky codes i have like a bunch of them so i will happily give them out uh that's all for me you you muted steve Jeez, you figure by now I'd have it down. Uh, anyway, just wanted to uh, <laughs> just wanted to thank everyone. I was taking and drinking my coffee. Just want to thank everyone for uh, for coming by, hanging out, and listening to us and talking about favorites of the year. It's always fun to look back and see what kind of what resonated over the course of a year or so, and what stuck with us, and how it changes sometimes changes our lives with things that we read and things we enjoy. So, or inspires us to, to do something. So. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, and we will talk very soon. 
Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you.